Remember, remember the time that, you know, Maude bought those health, health bars, but they were just full of sugar. They were just full of sugar, and Walter was eating them all because he had just gotten off the alcohol. Right. And, he, you and, know, his body was just craving the sugar, and then they had, then they had to get him, you know, he's already in AA, well, and then they had to get him to Overeaters Anonymous. Then he developed type 2 diabetes. That, like, took up half the season, that storyline. You're doing the long term. He, you know, he came down from the sugar and fell asleep while driving the car. There you go. And yeah, yeah. He, he ran down a paperboy, and basically he took paperboy home, and they buried him in the backyard. Him and Mud. Yeah, together. but luckily it was just the <laughs> luckily it was just the New York Post, so you know nobody really cared. It was okay. It was alright. Now, if it was the Times <laughs> paperboy, there might have been a little bit more of an uproar in Tuckahoe. It's the Seti Bimco Show. This week, Tim tries to murder John, but John escapes by throwing cat litter in Tim's face. John knew Tim couldn't resist the sweet, sweet taste of cat litter. This is the Seti Bimco Show, the show where we talk about the weirdness or embarrassment of high school, both in real life and in movies. How's that? How's that? I like that. To to one sentence. It just rolls off the tongue. I don't know if we're going to keep track of numbers forever. Does that matter? What'd you do this week? Well, let me ask you, why don't you go first? Because you just celebrated a birthday. But I didn't do much. I went out with uh, New York Times bestseller, George O'Connor, and another friend. <laughs> but, I'm, but, but I'm the name dropper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it. We went out to eat. Uh, went to an uh, Italian bakery. Italian, oh. like, uh, coffee shop to get the good stuff there. You know, they have everything in there. Oh, sure, yeah. If, you, if you're into Italian bakeries. And oh, that was, oh, that yeah. was a... I mean, no, Italian bakeries are only some... A biscotti, maybe a, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess a profiterole, I guess a profiterole is more <laughs> French than, no, no, the reason why I'm asking because of your birthday, um, well, the, so the, you know, so you know, you, so of course, you know, 420, the, ju- 420 what? just came by. I know, I know, I know. Yep, um, you know, national, you know, annual, the annual marijuana holiday. And since it was your birthday, I do children's books, so I can't, I can't, I can't sell, I can't tell people I do that if I did that. Well, I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you're doing. It. I'm just saying it was, <laughs> it was National Marijuana Day. I didn't say you partook of it. No, it but was. But let's say, let's say you, if you were a stoner, and it's legal in New Jersey. Yeah, I'm not a stoner. Nobody's a stoner in New York. It's just legal now. Well, well, okay. I'm, can I get to my question? Can I get to my little question? Or not, it's not so much a question. Yeah. Well, it's a question posed by the okay. New York Post, which I'll came, let you talk, John. which came through on my phone on 420. And the question is, what kind of stoner are you based on your zodiac sign? And I oh. thought, with it, with it being your birthday and zodiac signs, et cetera, et cetera. So, Tim, you would be a Taurus, correct? I am. Yeah. Well, it's a very short one. It's a very what kind of stoner you'd be if you were were a Taurus, and this is according to Miss Rita Weigel, Rita Weigel, W I G L E, whatever. Um, <laughs> so here is Taurus, April twentieth to May twentieth. Willie Nelson is a Taurus. Taurus is weed. I rest my case. That was it. <laughs> you know what? That's it. that's. She she just had a. They called her up. They called her up at fifteen minutes to midnight and said, uh, "By one a.m. we need a we need a we need, we need some quick paid about uh, four twenty. Quick, write these." <laughs> so, well, here's here's for my sign, which is Pisces. Mm-hmm. Pisces gets inadvisably high and watches classic films at extremely close range periodically licking the Ooh. screen and imagining they can taste the secrets <laughs> and secret shame of the stars. Which that yeah, does how sound did they, about right. How did they yeah. get you so perfectly, John? I don't know. Isn't it uncanny? How, how they... is, this is why, Tim, I do <laughs> not get out of bed. Hit the nail on the head. This is why I do not get out of bed till I read my horoscope. And if it's a bad horoscope, I just put the covers back over my head, call in sick to work, <laughs> and tell them, I'm sorry, I've got a bad horoscope to that. It's only a two out of five star day. I can't come into work today. I did hear. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell that news story. I heard that on a different podcast. But basically, well, I can just tell you. We can look it up. But basically, a man told his workplace he didn't want to have a birthday celebration at work. Please don't do that. And they did it. And he got angry and just went home. And he bludgeoned him to and, death with a hammer and stabbed him multiple times. 
I guess they fired him because they were afraid he was going to be one of those people that might bludgeon them to death. And then he sued them for that. So anyway, I'll have to look up that story so I can read all the details. I mean, if someone says so, John, you, you should tell do you tell them at work. Don't don't celebrate my birthday or I will go on a rampage. I will go postal on your ass. <laughs> but now, as I understand it, you had to buy new sneakers this week, too. Is that what I had heard? Yeah. Oh, you're you're remembering all this stuff. I am remembering all this stuff. These little I don't I don't know throw. if that's an interesting story, but well, no, I, go ahead because no, go ahead. This, tell the story. this, this uh, basically my exercise is on the bike. I ride my bike a lot. I have some mm-hmm. sneakers that are falling apart. I use for my bike. Mm-hmm. And if you know what Vans are, I wear those sneakers around because they just look nice. I go out with them there, but they have no arch support. They're just flat sneakers. Yes. And since I got soul our new dog i just for a while i'd slip them on and go out and what would happen would be oh it's a suddenly it's pouring out but she didn't poop yet so we walk around until i'm soaked my sneakers are soaked (laughs) until she poops Mm -hmm. yeah and i ran out there in the snow in them and i've been i've been walking her around everywhere with these sneakers and i've ruined them and i realized oh i I used to go i used to run more I, i like i realized i have to go buy some sneakers to like run and walk in so we went to do that, and it's so much better. Uh, that soul like destroyed. It was destroyed. So you had an excuse these. to get. Mm-hmm. You had an excuse. Well, and today, the funny, the funny thing about soul that happened today, mm-hmm. is we walk back from the park, and there's a little coffee shop you can buy things and sit outside. And I sit outside with her, so she'll get used to people and noises and dogs. Mm-hmm. How's that and they have out? Dog- oh, great! It's all all good. She's and they to get sell a little dog. Oh, yeah. She's so much better now. Okay. Now it's just an excuse for me to sit and have coffee. <laughs> Even if she's okay with everything. But they sell little dog treats that look like a little meatball. Oh. And I sat down. I'm just describing. It doesn't feel like a meatball. It's 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 hard. It's not slimy like a meatball. Would be, it just looks like one. Yeah. And I sat down and I broke off parts for her to eat. And she's a little bit nervous and she's eating some of it and not eating some of it. And I had it laying on the bench next to me a whole half of it because I'd broken off half Mm -hmm. and there were birds hopping around nearby. And I'm like, Oh, hi birds. I don't have crumbs for you. And one bird ran over, grabbed the whole half of the dog treat and flew away with it. (laughs) Those those treats are a dollar. She, that bird ran away with a 50 cent treat. Those those Brooklyn birds, very aggressive. (laughs) Yes. Very aggressive. I'll take, I'll take this biscuit here. I'm a Brooklyn boy. Well, you know, I know the only reason I brought up soul is because, you know, I've been, I'm in the process of, this is going to be the summer I'm be, make, going to be making some hopefully positive life changes. And, um, okay. you know, I'm in my lease, I cannot have a pet. And I mm. really miss having a pet. Um, my lease is a cat. They don't have a I can't even have a cat. Um, and, you know, I can't have any of that stuff. So, um, so, you know, I have two choices, either when my lease is up in October, you know, just find another place or, and I kind of got this information listening to our episode where we were talking about the episode where Maud had killed Walter with her pet rock. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, maybe I could get a pet rock. I could, you know, I wonder if they would let me, I wonder if that, I mean, I can't have pets in my, I have to, I'll have to run this by the landlord since I can't have pets. But then, but then, you know, there are lots of things you got to think about when you get a pet rock. Like, do I go to a pet rock breeder or do I go to a shelter and get a rescue pet rock? Um, Am I going to need to crate my pet rock when I'm away during the day at work? You know, I'm going to have to get, you know. Wee wee pads for the pet rock. Will the pet rock have separation anxiety when I go to work? Because I work long days. You know, this might not be yeah. fair to the pet rock. Probably going to have to get the pet rock neutered. You know, otherwise you got loose stray gravel all over the place if you don't get your pet rock neutered. So I, I just, I have a lot to think about. And if that pet rock uh, bludgeons someone to death, uh, it might be hard to prove that you weren't involved. There it goes. That was a great musical segue. That I don't think uh, Charlie was doing the tuba as best he could. That's he all right. The rest of the, the, the Seti Bimco Orchestra was in top form tonight. 
But we're going to talk about a movie because we have no guests this week. That's what we do every other week. Guest, movie, guest, movie. Guest, movie. And And I picked this movie, which is... Mm-hmm. Well, I just say, I, I never saw. Say John said, said he he remembered this. <laughs> You're on that delay. It's a movie called The Boys Next Door. Came out yes. in 1985, was it? Mm-hmm. The year I graduated from high school. Starring Charlie, Mr. Charlie Sheen and Maxwell Caulfield. One of those mm-hmm. people is, um, you know, a common... Uh, Household name and the other person he went to. We'll we'll talk about Los Angeles County Jail. No, but anyway, (laughs) let me let me do my my synopsis. The boys next door. Two kids use their high school graduation money to take a road trip to L.A., which turns into basically a murder spree. Yep, that's about it. You saw this. You saw you saw this in the theater. You saw it later when. No, I saw this. Do you do you recall if you didn't have as I call it the fancy cable? I don't know. Did you have yeah. HBO and Cinemax in your, on your cable? My mother wasn't spending Not that. when I was a kid. Like, no, oh, no, no, not when I was a kid. No, My parents. No, we, did, we didn't have that. But every, what, two, two, three times a year, they would have free weekends to kind of lure you yep. into subscribing mm-hmm. to the channel. And I remember yep. that it was, it was on, um, I think it was on Cinemax, actually. And this movie was on, and okay. I just remember it because of a certain scene that we'll get to later. Um, yes. But I never knew the name of it. And then you said, hey, I want to watch this movie, The Boys oh. Next Door. And from time to time, the movie would pop into my head because of this one scene. And um, mm-hmm. But I could never remember the name of it, and I guess I just never thought to look it up. And then you suggested it, and I was like, oh, that's the movie that has popped into my mind from time to time over the last... 35 plus years and it was directed and i by think Pamela. it was i think it was on i think it was on cinemax pretty quickly too but it was directed by penelope spheris is that how you say her name penelope is that is that, is that a species of cantaloupe i believe you mean penelope am i saying that wrong penelope. you said penelope oh, I right. think that's penelope is the fancy name penelope <laughs> i'll leave that in i won't answer that out no, you shouldn't edit it I out. I won't edit that out. Penelope, Penelope, but her last name is the one I was, I was, con, I was concentrating on the last name. That's why okay. I said the first name wrong. Cause that last that's name your, is. That's your story. Spiris? You're sticking to it. That's your story. You take I'm sticking, sticking to, to it. it. Spiris. Am I saying her last name right? Spiris. Yeah. S-P-H-E-E-R-S. Well, she went on direct to direct Wayne's world, a much better movie about two high school kids in a crappy car. Uh, written because by that was inten- because that Glenn was intentionally funny. Yes, <laughs> uh, Glenn Morgan and James Wong. They they oh Glenn Morgan wrote many X Files episodes. Oh yeah, and went on okay. to be involved with that show quite a bit. Maxwell Caulfield he ended up on a show you like. Did well, you a show his... that a show that was a spinoff of a show I liked. He well, it played... said Dynasty. Well, it was, it was it was it was it was dynasty. It was the ill-fated dynasty spinoff, the Colts. Uh, uh, okay, but he yeah. it said he was on Dynasty too. I guess he was on one episode and then it spun off. Well, they, there was like yeah, there was like an introductory episode where the where the Colbys came to Denver and and then they went to did they, they come to own, take then they, had their, then they had their own show. It, it's it's really. So do you know no. more about Maxwell Caulfield? I looked up. He's been working and working, but he's just not yeah, he's uh, insane working. like yeah, Charlie Sheen. He never re- well, he did. He, he did the, the Grease sequel, Grease 2, with Michelle Pfeiffer, which got. Yes, that's right. Totally trashed at the at, by the critics and was just a box office. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a box office failure. The original Grease that took was, in over $100 million. The sequel took in three million. Mm-hmm. This is how poorly this mm-hmm. this that uh, was one of the films. That was one of those things that was always on the free HBO weekend. You could see yes. uh, Grease two about ten Grease times. That but I then Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> goes on to have this fantastic career. I guess it's a matter of time because within a year, Scarface was out, and everybody forgot about that she was even in mm-hmm. Grease two. And Grease but, two. Maxwell I forgot. Caulfield I was... didn't didn't 
fair quite as well. And there's actually, I found an article where he said that um, he was a little bitter about it for quite quite some time. So Char- Charlie Sheen plays Bob. Let me try to get to this. And Maxwell, he plays Roy. Am I right? Mm-hmm. So I, I will start with these opening scenes. I'm always hogging them, but again, so the the two the two main characters are uh, maladjusted teenagers, and I should back up and say that when the, with the opening credits, they keep showing serial killers and giving quotes of serial killers, like "Oh, where do they come from?" Yeah, you never that know. Was, that blah, was kind blah, of blah, an blah. intense. So, op- that was kind of an intense opening montage. I <clears throat> it was much more intense and more serious than the movie. The actual all. movie, yeah. Your your hopes were, your <clears throat> hopes were actually up at the end of the opening <clears throat> montage. <laughs> then Charlie Sheen and Maxwell so, Caulfield come on screen, and and uh, Roy is drawing a chalk outline around Bob. I mean, Bo. Bo. Because I guess I guess people called him Bob, and he's like, "You've been calling me Bob all summer. It's a horrible insult." Yeah. I'm like, "The girl, the girl he had Bob the crush or Bo, on. which is better." The guy, <laughs> yes. the girl he had the crush on. The girl he has a crush on calls him Bob, and Bob. He, he can't yeah. take it, and he never. Corrects. That's why. That's. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, they're drawing the chalk line, and they've got the. They even have the the flares the police put out, like, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm right away. I'm like, I thought you were setting up a secret joke, you're, but you're putting up flares that should draw the attention of somebody. Anyway, all the kids at the school the next day are like, "Oh my god, did somebody die? Looks like his back was broken." And then they see the the two guys. The teacher comes out, and they all see Bob and Roy giggling. Uh, they're, they're very, they're all very angry that, that somehow they duped them. They actually thought someone was dead. <laughs> from yeah, the and nobody told them about it and just left the chalk. <laughs> and out. nobody like, told them about like it. Like nobody contacted administration. You know, there's no crime yeah. scene tape anywhere. Just a chalk <clears throat> outline. And, yeah. And if I showed up at school and that was there, I'd be like, hmm, did something happen? But I'm, I'm pretty sure all of us would be like, haha, somebody put a chalk outline. On right. Now, did you do much research on Charlie Sheen, or do you remember like his exploits I, because you are uh, because you read that kind of thing? You read those rags. I well, I don't read those rags. Basically, no, I really don't read those rags. I mean, I guess I give I guess I give the impression of this big pop guru. Now, whenever I go over to my mother's house, there's like a pattern of the evening TV mm-hmm. watching. So you start out with the local news. And then you've got to watch David mm-hmm. Muir, which is then followed with Entertainment Tonight okay. and then Jeopardy. Right. So this is this is oh, the okay. view. This is the viewing schedule from five to eight. And so <laughs> the only reason, the only thing I know about Charlie Sheen's exploits is what I've learned from Entertainment Tonight. The few times Jeopardy. I'm out at my mom's house. And, and yes, and he was a Jeopardy category. Okay. He probably was. I bet you know we joke about that. There probably was. <laughs> Somebody will email us with a, with an episode of Jeopardy with a Charlie Sheen category. Our listener, our listener in Russia, probably will. Charlie he, Sheen is huge. He, in uh, yes, because he. Well, I think his big downfall was when he was doing drugs at the Grand Plaza in New York, and he he either locked the sex worker in the closet or she locked herself in. For her own safety. For her own safety, yeah. The police had to come. Yeah. And that and, was a Monday night. Yes. You did. <laughs> and that's why <laughs> and he, that, like... I'm, st- I'm stealing a joke from Richie... Rouse and got fired from his hit show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, steal- I'm stealing a joke from Richie Gervais. What, did it's I walk like... in? No, no, I was just saying... I was just saying I was just stealing a joke from Richie, Ricky Gervais. I... He said, oh, okay. and that was a Monday night. Imagine what he did for you. I stomped years. all over your joke. Oh, bump, bump. Well, it wasn't really my joke. I was, it was it was Ricky Gervais's joke. But anyway, I I stopped stopping okay. on jokes. It's okay. Let's let's do some uh, oh some transition music. <laughs> I wish we could. We can't afford any more transition music. Well, we got to pay the musicians overtime this day. I I said, yes, do not hire a union. So, John, we got to get past the opening of this movie. So Charlie Sheen did star in a movie called 9-11 in 2017 about people stuck in an elevator in the Twin Towers, which uh, somehow starred Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, I don't think anybody saw it. 
and it was criticized for being tacky. It was basically, uh, how do we get out of this elevator before the next airplane hits? That was all it was about. It wasn't like meaningful right. in any way about nine 11. Mm-hmm. Let's get into this movie. So I got so, so much to cut out. So. Yeah. Bo, not Bob, Bo. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nobody, by the way, even acknowledges their graduation. There's no graduation party. No. Uh, yeah, so Bo gets this card from his grandfather in Phoenix with $200, four fifties in it. And they decide they're going to go to L.A. Well, and first they go to, there is a party they crash. They try to crash. Well, oh, okay, okay, yeah, there's the party they crash and the dog, okay. Because yeah. Moon Unit, Moon Unit Zappa is at that party, right? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. You don't want to talk about the party. You were no, already talking about something else. No, I, it's, uh, no, it's just, you, you know, I mean, no, you, you pick the, the, the party, movie. Where, where, of course. <laughs> you pick the movie. Don't you have the anything party, to talk about? I do. Well, I come do. on, I have then, so spit much. it out, man. <laughs> but I always talk over you. I'm trying to be polite. No, I'm, I'm keeping on. I'm, but that. Take a lock. Again. <clears throat> if I don't speak, yeah, you don't no, have no. to pay me. <laughs> But that party, I don't know if there is a, it's just uh, a silly party. I thought something horrible was going to happen at it. It didn't. I thought, I thought all those people would have died. So I thought somebody at that party should have died. I, yeah. They, they jump in the pool and they're like, don't oh, be you. in the pool because my dad, dad put a chemical in there that turns purple. And of course, there's purple stuff come out of his pants. I'm like, what? Is, what? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they make this up for the movie. I guess so. I don't know. But there anyway, was one again. thing I would have rewritten, if I can just say. Mm-hmm. One thing I would have rewritten, since they are going out on a killing spree, and I thought to... Well, I didn't know it yet. Well, well, see, let me, just let me, let me just finish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a scene where they're at Roy, or Roy's at his house with his father, and his father doesn't even say anything. He's just watching the TV, drinking beer, and Roy is doing this little comic two-sided conversation and he's trying to imitate his dad's voice. I thought it would have been funny mm-hmm. if he had had that two-sided conversation and he had killed his father. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, like something sticking out of the I forehead. Thought you're saying split second. Sticking right. Something sticking out of the forehead, blood everywhere, eyes wide open, mouth agape. And he's doing that little thing like, oh, well, son, I'm just watching something on TV. That would have been... <laughs> And that, that would have been great. And that would have been, that's when he snapped, and that would have been mm-hmm. the start of the killing spree. That would have been uh, really good. Although, stay on theme here. There would have been a pet rock in his forehead, embedded in his forehead. Would, it might have been a pet rock, but, you know, anything, anything that would have had a lot of blood and eyes bulging. I am glad they didn't kill the dog, though. I thought they were going to run over the dog, uh, jumping back to the party. They, they steal the dog from the party and mm-hmm. name the dog Boner. Boner the Barbarian. And the, I should say these two guys seem to be unliked by everyone in school. They're two tough guys. You'd think they have one friend or something, but no, they, they seem to be hated. Yes. Um, oh, and I do want to back way up because we're going to talk about this more. After the the chalk trick, we get the speech from the teacher like, it's your last day here. I'll, I'll remember you all and you're going to go. What are you going to do? You're going to be a computer programmer which was uh they even brought that up in 1985 i guess that was a big thing in 1985 no, computer I, programmer i took i took i took computer science and all right and, and i graduated in 1985 but it, what he asked one kid he was going to do and he he did the uh stereotypical stupid gay voice the modern dance and that was yes. like a big punchline. i was like oh yeah these 80s movies have a lot of uh Homophobic, homophobic jokes. jokes in them. Yes, exactly. Eighties, eighties was big for that. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to back up and say they started with that. Um, but that so was, anyway, but yeah. see, that was okay back then because all the gays were giving everybody AIDS. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So it was fine. It was fine to make fun of them. So anyway, they kidnapped the dog, and I was worried too because they chased the dog down the street. Mm-hmm. The one guy just grabs the dog. I thought he was going to drown him in the pool. It's just so many deaths, I imagine, for the dog. Because yeah. Bo, or no, Roy, just grabbed the dog. He said, yeah. oh, a dog. 
next, next thing I saw him in the pool, I was like, oh, the dog is drowned the dog. So yeah, they go on this trip and they take the dog with them for some reason. I don't know why they would want this dog. So many, uh, I mean, these two characters are very, very two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they're not. Because if we're going to watch these movies, John, I try to, you know, I really enjoy talking about Trog. Yeah. There's, there's nothing to that movie. There's no, no, not on and the, no, perf, no, no artistic purpose. Except not, not on the surface, but when you have artistic minds like ours analyzing it, <laughs> we find the nuances. We find the nuances. Not we, find, with we, we find the art in the film. We found the art in Trog. No, no, we didn't. Yes, we did. There was a little beefcake at the beginning that somebody put in. And like, that's fine. That's something. But I don't think there was anything else in that movie. I just don't see where, yeah. And like, I'm really just trying to figure out what that target was, that beefcake in Trog. Because it's like, it doesn't strike me as a movie like teenage girls would go see. So it must have been for, for maybe it was just for closeted little boys. Didn't you see the movie, um, what's it called? The Celluloid Closet came out the night? Yes, yes. So there was a lot of, I mean, it might have been a, a case, as was explained in that movie, that a director was like, I'm going to stick this in here because I can't make a movie about it and right. going to get it past the censors or whatever. Right. And some Could have been that. I mean, the director was married, but that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, especially if you went to English boarding school. Right. Um, yeah, anyway, but yeah. So yeah, no, the things like that were put in for teenage boys you, who the, were questioning yes. their sexuality, but they couldn't go, you know. You know, so kid in Omaha didn't have a bathhouse to go to, so they'd stick nope. some beefcake in a quote-unquote sci-fi horror movie. <laughs> you know, that would be totally acceptable for a teenage boy to go see. So they go to L.A. and they need—is that the first thing they do? They need gas. They need gas, and and every nothing's changed. They get gas from a guy who's Middle Eastern. They call him a camel jockey. Mm-hmm. He's trying to rip them off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they nearly murder him. Uh, mm-hmm. if they kept, yep. kept beating him and they steal a bunch of gum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that so. was, that'd be the first thing I'd go for. <laughs> yeah, just, like there's bubble yum and hubba bubba. And yeah, I noticed that too. Like the, uh, Bo was like Charlie Sheen. He was the first thing he's like, and then he gets to the car. He goes, man, I got about $4 worth of stuff. That makes us yes. about break even, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, nope. Because his that, friend was his friend was very super sullen. Uh, Roy, was, yes, Roy was emotionally detached. I will say he. I think Roy was the better actor in this movie, mm-hmm. and poor and poor uh, Caulfield, you know, and Charlie Sheen is the one that yeah. rose to superstardom. Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's all about timing. It's sometimes it's just pure dumb well, luck. What did you think of Charlie's acting in this movie? I I was really like, I mean, it eh. wasn't horrible. I mean, it wasn't horrible. You, you you see some glimmers of, you know, what you would see. Of course, I never really thought of. I don't think Charlie Sheen is a bad actor. I just never thought of Charlie Sheen as a great actor. Even at his no. peak, I never thought Charlie Sheen was what you'd call a a great actor. But I thought Roy had his like he knew what he was doing. I think, going down the road, he yeah. said, "I got stuff in me." Yeah, I got stuff in me. And he's like, like cancer. <laughs> Well, you know, you also got to remember uh, Maxwell Caulfield's English, and yes. he, uh, you know, uh, he had a lot of theater training. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of theater training, and apparently, according to his biography, his stepfather, who was American, which is somehow how he wound up getting his green card, threw him out of the house at fifteen, and he had to go work as an exotic dancer. What? Yeah. So like, was he kicked out of the house of 15 because he enjoyed doing exotic dancing? Is that this kind of situation? I think he just made, he is a very attractive man. I mean, I think like yes. over, I think like over in Euro- European, I think 16 is the age of consent. Hmm. So okay. I think maybe he was 16 and maybe, and as long as it wasn't like full nudity, he could probably get away with it. So, and he, he, again, like, like Trog, hmm. he, he had his shirt off a lot. He, he had was, his shirt off a lot. He, yeah. he worked out. Mm-hmm. They were show, they were showing that off. I don't I don't think Charlie had to shirt off a lot. No, not really. He had, like a, he had like uh, tank tops on a lot, but no, I yeah. didn't, didn't really see him at the crime scene at the gas station. I don't know if you noticed the extras all looking at the. Uh, I don't know if the the guy was still there or blood was still there, but everybody's like, "What happened?" And they're at the because they they threw this guy through the window. They beat on him. There's blood mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
but there was one old lady in the in the crowd scene looking at the crime scene. She was like laughing, and I guess they just didn't reshoot. Like one of the extras was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I just thought of a funny joke." It was yeah. an old lady yeah. where she had just farted, and she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> "Oh, excuse me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was saying that the uh, I, 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 I did they film it in in Canada or maybe it was Canadian finance. I saw their budget was. Didn't- I think their budget was like Canadian three million dollars, is what I saw. Not knowing what LA looks like in the eighties, I, I really don't know. I can't say. It seemed like LA landscape. It did seem like LA. I yeah, know. I think it was. Yeah. So they they go to the hospital to talk to the guy that was beat up, and apparently in the eighties, if you've been nearly beaten to death, and your face is all swollen up and you need quiet, they put you in a room next to a guy who's loudly watching uh, game shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was funny. Yeah, I look. I looked him up. His name is Carlos Gutardos. He yeah. was a guitar player and musician. And Did the you only know work, about him, I know nothing about him. The only work he could get was as a Middle Eastern gas station attendant. No, no, I'm talking about the guy watching the the game show next oh, to him. watching the game show. Okay, it was like shut up, quit asking questions. And, I don't come really on. He, know. He stood out. He was like, hey, this movie's coming alive. He didn't like him. <laughs> I mean, there were so many times where I thought, oh, here it is. This is where it's going to happen. It's like, nope. <laughs> nope, not going to well, That patient was a guitarist in uh, Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs. Oh, my God. I followed them, I followed them on tour yeah. one year. <laughs> I knew you did. So then they go to the beach, and there's a, an old lady who is watching a man smoke pot, and she's just, uh, just standing there mm-hmm. upset. And they throw their beer bottle. Uh, Roy, I think, throws his beer bottle and hits her in the head with it. Mm-hmm. Right in the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go to leave and, and three women come and, and uh, attack their car. And yeah. one woman jumps on the hood. And they take off. All, yeah. all in bikinis, of course. And, of course, um, yeah. Well, it is L.A. L.A.B. But they do um, find the dog. They, they do leave the dog behind. And oh, that's right. They leave the dog behind. Oh, this, oh Tim, I'm surprised you forgot. Because this, this is a key plot point. Plot, yes. using air quotes, the, the, the identification ta- a tag on Boner the Barbarian mm-hmm. tells them where the boys are from. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was the only reason that they sent that dog along. Mm-hmm. He was a plot twist. And who's that police officer? Because he's been in a lot of stuff. The younger uh, one? Yes. Yes, I can't place him. Oh, you didn't look up his name? I can't remember, the, char- I can't remember the character's names. Nobody really... Nobody you expected knows. me to do all this research? Well, no. I mean, I tried to look it up. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what police officer. Who was officer who and who was officer who? I don't know. We should just yeah, I know we're, we're going to get to this soon, but like the gay guy that they meet up with, his name is Chris. I didn't know his name was Chris by watching the movie. I don't remember that. <laughs> well, they take off. Yeah. Knock an old lady out and they just drive around and and they find a bar. L.A. must be full of bars, but they seem to just accidentally drive up to a gay bar, mm-hmm. which I assume in 1980s you had to, like, kind of know where you're going, I assume, like, of, of all the bars in L.A. Is that... Uh, well, they that, were in Hollywood, it, though, so, they, you know, there is a chance that in, in, a, in a neighborhood like Hollywood, you might just randomly go into a bar and there's probably a greater probability that it would be a gay bar. So we'll, okay. just, we'll just chalk it up to chance. But didn't they see the name over the door that said Ballmasters? <laughs> and, and that it was lightsaber night? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Call back to last episode. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. They walk in there like, no, I don't, I don't notice anything odd. Yeah. No, 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 no. There's only, there was a few women, but. Yeah. But again, with it being the mid eighties and the AIDS epidemic and mm-hmm. the gay male population at that time by default being the boogeyman Mm -hmm. because they were the cause of this epidemic. The gay bar, at least in my opinion, kind of had like a more sinister feel to it. It was very stereotypical men in mustaches, men wearing leather, just a den of evil. Whereas (laughs) today, you know, they show a gay bar for kind of like what it is, like lots of fun and lots of dancing and, you know, (laughs) But no, back then it was like, it was this evil right. den of iniquity. And- so anyways, they, they figured that out. Mm-hmm. And one man wants to know if they want to go back to their place. And Roy, of course, says, yeah, that sounds good. And uh, I was like, oh, because I could see what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they, they go back to his house. 
And the funny thing about when they got back to their house, he has a computer on his table. His name is Chris. They go back to Chris's apartment. And Charlie Sheen, Bo, he just runs right over the computer and types. And I was thinking in my head at first thought, oh, is he going to check the internet to see if news of them throwing a bottle on that old lady is the news or beating up the gas person? But right away, like, oh, wait a minute. It's 1985. Why is he running over to the computer? He's, He's like this maladjusted kid who doesn't seem to do his schoolwork because and he's like oh right. computer i'm gonna program this computer yeah so i'm not sure what he was looking at on the computer while he ignored or maybe he like just, everything else that was going on or maybe he had a sense of what was going to happen i have a feeling that he was had he had a sense of what was going to happen and he just kind he, of like was kind of feigning interest in the computer so he wouldn't have to see what was going see on. that's us that's us making this movie better yeah, because I'm not because he always seemed clueless. I'm like, don't you see what's happening here? And he's always like, yeah, let's yeah. go. Why are you doing this stuff? <laughs> Why are you murdering people? Let's, yeah, let's go. Well, let's kinda, go drive around. And I kind of got that feel for. Although sometimes he seemed like a willing participant. Yeah, because well, I he really, didn't. He didn't kill anybody the whole movie except for one, which we'll get to. Yeah, but, he didn't do the killing. Did, did he not? Did, did was not was that was that a fireplace poker? Whatever he hit Chris with in the end, isn't that what kind of did the final? Oh no, no gun! They found he had a gun. Oh, that's right. He did have the gun. He was just. Be- that's right. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. He, yes. he told Bob shoot him, but Bob didn't, and so. Bo. So everybody called Bo, him yeah. Bob, but his name Bo. was Bo. I'm calling him Bo because he's an annoying person. But but yes, yeah, so they beat this guy who put. A record on, and I want to say uh, that record would have skipped. It was playing nice music the whole time. They're like throwing each other around the apartment, and they find he's got a gun, and they shoot him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy does, and they take off. So, did they take anything else? They just took his gun, I guess. Well, it was I, just Roy. I, I, like, I guess it's kind of like the convenience store and just taking the gum. They yeah. just, I think these like were kind of. I really think uh, Roy had just some rage control, and he didn't plan out his attacks. They just sort of no. were spontaneous. Because this is the first time he, he killed someone. The other two people he just beat up and threw a bottle at the woman. Right, yeah. So I have my own theory about what went on in this movie. If, if, if they meant to write a deeper story and it gets ruined by director, Screenwriter, whatever, editing, all things, a lot of things can happen to a movie. A three million Canadian budget. Yes. Yeah. Because I was thinking Roy, well, we'll get to it the next time he kills someone. But I was like, is Roy a person who's very uncomfortable with the fact he could be gay? Is that why? Because he was like, yeah, we'll go home with you. And that was the first person he killed. Right. And, of course, later, I don't want to jump ahead. I don't want to jump ahead why I also think this, but what happens next here? Is this where they uh, randomly find the couple getting in the convertible? Yeah, they, well, they go to the arcade. They go to the 80s. arcade, yes. Arcade. Yes, okay. Yes. Where men impress girls with their game-playing prowess yes. in the 80s. Nothing, <laughs> nothing would get a girl on her, flat on her back quicker than a game of Pac-Man. And he tries to help uh, this this lady he saw, where did he see her? Did he follow her from a party? I can't remember. He sees this woman. They follows her into an arcade, mm-hmm. helps her with her gameplay until her boyfriend comes back and shoves him out of the way. And they do follow them and shoot them, mm-hmm. if I'm right, in their yeah. car. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember how they, how or why they followed them, but he said something I think about, it was. Oh, aren't, they, aren't they just the perfect? It was just rage. It was Roy was the one that was like, let's go follow them. Yeah. Because uh, Bob was like upset he shot her mm-hmm. as if he was going to ask her out after they murdered her boyfriend. Right. Because they were running around L.A. like driving around and they wanted to, well, at least one of them wanted to meet some women. And yeah. I'm like, well, you're in L.A. Why don't you go to, so you went to one gar- bar that was a gay bar. Why don't try another bar that might be a, a bar? Or how about all the places, straight women? Uh, how about all the places you could, you went to an arcade, you were at the beach, you were at the La Brea Tar Pits, you were <laughs> walking around. There are all these places, exactly, like, okay, just because it's the one bar you decide to go into. No, but it's like, so, I, don't know, I don't know, it's like really... Uh, like the whole okay, so it was Bo's idea to go to the to go to L.A., but I don't think he really had the plan. And then I think Roy just kind of came up with the idea of 
let's just start killing people. Yeah. Because they're going to go to work Monday for the rest of their lives at a factory. Like yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So we can kill people this weekend. Yeah. But we're going to be working 40 years at the factory. So come on, let's kill some people this weekend. Yeah. Just get it out of our system like everybody does at graduation. <laughs> Because, do you know, you don't, want to, you don't want to get to, like, 40 and go, gosh, I should have murdered those people that weekend. Yes. When you're 40, you're too tired to murder people. You're like, oh, takes a lot out of you. If only I had murdered more people. That, that was my biggest <laughs> regret at 40. I don't know about you, Tim. It's like, I should, I, should have, I should have murdered people when I had the chance. You should have. <laughs> Which reminds me, to, to taking too much out of you, I saw the Batman. I forgot to tell you this. No, you, yeah, you emailed it to me, yes. And your, and, yeah, but... and, and your review is... That uh, not my favorite Batman. Okay, but but here's the thing: when you're saying when you just said it's too much, too much work to murder people, this Batman knocks on the front door of Penguin's uh, nightclub, mm-hmm. and they won't let him in. So he just punches them, and he walks through the nightclub punching everybody. They're shooting with guns, so he has to throw batterings at them and everything until finally he sees Penguin. Now, Bat. The other Batmans are usually, well, bat, other Batman movies, but Batman's like a ninja guy who just sneaks through the skylight. Why didn't he sneak through the skylight, pop down into the Penguin's office, well, can't talk, office, punch him in the face and talk to him? Because it's uh, a new twist on the Batman. I think they meant it as a joke because there's three times he knocks on, people knock on this door at this nightclub, but I didn't find it funny. Mm. Not funny at all, John. And who is Penguin in this movie again? I know I read it and I can't remember. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. It's a bunch of makeup. Okay. I think they still could have hired Danny DeVito. He still looks like the Penguin. He looks even more like the Penguin. And they probably got, could have gotten him for less money <laughs> than the original. Have you seen him? He still looks like the Penguin. Just hire him. Don't put oh, makeup yeah, I, on I, him. I watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I've yeah. seen Danny DeVito. And, and play, play it like that character. That'd be great. Just safely. Play him like you're, uh, what, what is his name? The character in Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. Um, I forget his name. Louie? No, that was his character on Taxi. <laughs> Taxi, John. Way that back. was his character on Taxi. Who are, what's, oh, my gosh, what are his characters? It's okay. Everybody Anyways, knows okay. it. It's on the tip of my tongue, over my brain. But he, he should just play that character as the Penguin. I would love that. No, oh, that would be awesome, yeah. <laughs> His penguin was actually, it was kind of a tragic penguin. I, I thought he did kind mm-hmm. of a good job. It was a very, it was kind of, kind of, kind of was a little melancholy. Yeah. You felt a little sympathy for the penguin in that Batman Returns movie. I did. You did. Least. Right. Well, you have feelings, John. I do have feelings. Not me. But back to The Boys Next Door. The Boys Next Door is not about Batman. It's not about Batman, although. So when they show up at the, apartment of Chris that they beat to death. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, they really went over the top with that police officer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, just my comment on that is it's like, yeah. no, don't, don't, don't erase that. No, that was the attitude. No, keep yes. that. I, seriously, keep that in there. Don't, there is, there is, you know, I know the term does get thrown out there kind of loosey goosey, but there is such thing as cancel culture. Do not do oh. not do not erase that really? from you. Let the kids today who are in a much better place of coming out of the closet than I was back in the eighties. Let them see what it was like. Mm-hmm. How oh, and f- you know how the media. I mean, nobody was outraged about that. Oh no, you know, and uh, yeah, it's like um, yeah, yeah. Keep it in. No, I mean, no. Let 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 them know that. Yeah, that's how it was. And uh, the other police officer did knock him against the wall. They cut cut away real quick, mm-hmm. um, which I found a little bit silly. He'd been talking for like twenty minutes. So yeah, it's like now you decide. To... <laughs> he said, "You got you got a mouth like a garbage can." It wasn't yeah. even original line. Well, people are kind of slow on the draw Sewer. For, for, Sewer. for for reacting to uh, bad behavior in this movie. You know, and mm. I'm I'm, oh, yeah. I'm just going to say just a little foreshadowing of what we're getting to. Bo right. take Bo takes his own sweet time to yes. finally do something, <laughs> you know. Anyway, but I'm jumping ahead of it. And also, the, the police officers in the uh, in the police station when they show him, he's reading. I think I wrote it down. He's reading a magazine called 
investigator tech weekly or something. And I was like, is that like a little joke? Somebody stuck in here. Yeah, they did. They did. And he would, somebody's like, he this movie, be... nobody's going to go see this movie anyway. <laughs> we only got, we only got 3 million Canadian to make it. Nobody's going to see it anyway. So let's have some fun with it. So they go to a bar. Finally, that's right. They do go to a bar and mm-hmm. they can't get served. Because the gay um, guys, the gay guys wanted to get him drunk. Wanted to get the young guys drunk. Right. No, seriously. Yeah, yeah. You okay. Know, I'm, I'm I don't as, know. I'm, no, trust me, I know. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're as good looking as Maxwell Caulfield and you're going yes. into a gay bar, uh, they're probably not going to check your ID. I'm just going to say <laughs> that out loud. But the the straight bar, they care about these kids. They like, care you know, about these kids. No, no drinking, but they do meet a woman there. Mm-hmm. And she wants to go home with Bob. And, and Roy comes along, which, again, I would have thought Roy would be like, so I'll hang out at the bar. You're, like, going home with this woman. But Roy has no emotions. Roy is uh, Roy's a sociopath. Yes. So this, this is the part where I thought, is Roy just jealous that his friend has feelings? Or is Roy think he could be gay and he can't deal with those feelings? Because uh, right. uh, Bob yeah. does have sex with this woman. And Roy... Roy watches for a while, and mm-hmm. they don't seem to care. And then Roy goes to the kitchen, and then Roy comes out, and he murders her. So Yeah. Um, and, well, that was very reminiscent of the uh, film version of In Cold Blood. Oh, I haven't seen that in so long. I don't remember. Yeah, well, the Robert Blake character, who was who? Perry, he played Perry Smith, and um, oh, who, was the, who was the other? Anyway. The other, the, mm-hmm. the other I remember guy, the other Hitchcock, Hitchcock, was that the guy, was that the character? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's having sex that. with a woman in Mexico, and it's kind of driving Perry Smith crazy. I thought of that uh, immediately. I hadn't, I hadn't seen that movie in so long. I yeah, that's that, 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 uh, I don't know if that was a, a conscious choice, but um, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of evoked that scene when they, when, in that movie when they were in Mexico. After mm-hmm. they had killed the Clutter family, so so they they leave and figure they break it out of there. But the police have found their car and they go to a mall. I think uh, they run, they get chased. Yes, they break, they, break into they, a mall. They run past Elaine Bryant. I saw that. Everything is caged. I was going to say I loved loved. I was just trying to read all the names in the mall. Yeah, what the stores Seize Candy. Yeah, Seize um, Candy. Yes, I love Seize Candy. They had the Action Survival Center, which was not a real store, I don't believe. It was just like, hey, guns, Action hey. Survival Store. Although it center. could have been whatever mall they filmed it in. It could have been like an independent it, store in that it, mall. Because mm-hmm. I don't um, think they really, I think at that point, they're like, okay, we're out of money. Well, let's call a mall <laughs> and see if they'll just open up for a couple hours. After all the stores right. close. And we'll just right. have our we'll just have our grand finale in the mall. I didn't see a Spencer Gifts, so though. That's kind of disappointing. I didn't see a Spencer Gifts, but, you know, who knows? Had they had maybe another 10,000 Canadian, maybe they could have gotten some more film <laughs> and really had a full chase through the full mall, and maybe they would have eventually come upon yes. a Spencer Gift, an Orange Julius. Right. Yeah. Nice. What they could have had for an extra, we'll say, 50,000 50, Canadian, but they just didn't have it. <laughs> Malls were big that then. Malls didn't need the money yet. I was never a big mall person. No, but they were big. I mean, oh, big I know, oh, I business. know they were. I know. Oh no, big, 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 big. And mm-hmm. every mall was basically the same. Yes. Well, let's go to this mall, but it's the exact same. Hickory. It didn't have Hickory Farms either. I was like, where's that Hickory Farms? Maybe it was. Was Hickory Farms? Sometimes Hickory Farms in some malls were seasonal. Maybe it wasn't close enough to. I used to buy that little sausage on a stick that was filled with cheese. And I can't believe I used to eat that. Mm. Oof. Oof. Oh, man, that's just giving me gas thinking about it. <laughs> yes. So the ending was a little bit uh, Abbott and Costello-ish. They were, like, hiding behind the, the the sign in the mall with the directions, and mall security walked right by them. They hide under the door jam. Security walks right by. There's some goofy <laughs> I, clarinet music. <laughs> I thought they were going to end up pretending to be uh, mannequins at one point. Yeah. That was actually Charlie, the tuba player. You know, he, he started out as a clarinetist, and that was actually one of his first jobs doing playing the clarinet for that chase scene in The Boys Next Door. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah I did I mean, all this research on this movie. Sometimes you got to sit down and test. Yeah, Charlie doesn't like to talk a He's, lot, but, when, but boy, when he does get talking, you can't shut him up. 
How old is Charlie? Mm, Charlie is, uh, <laughs> let me see here. Charlie, I think, is going to be 72 his next birthday. Because I think it takes 40 years to master the, the what was it, was he playing, the clarinet? Uh, well, he had started on both when he was very versatile in the in the in the okay. high school marching band. Some weeks he'd do clarinet, some weeks he'd do tuba. All right. In a pinch, he could do the xylophone. It was in college he started riding the unicycle, I think. Mm-hmm. So they run around the mall, and finally, uh, Bob tells Roy he's his best friend and uh, shoots him. And shoots him. He has that gun. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, eh, I mean, you know, just you take f- off. And Roy's going to be in prison. I, I'm not sure. Well, well, I guess Roy wanted to take the gun and shoot the cop. And he was suddenly, Bob is like. So, yeah, is that sort of Bo, Yeah. Bo, had, Bo yeah. grew a conscience. Yeah, at like the very <laughs> last minute. You know, after four people mm-hmm. are dead, three people are in critical condition. I mean. Right. Then suddenly Bo has a conscience, like with 90 seconds left to go in the movie. And in the mall, on that linoleum floor, they draw a chalk outline around Roy to mirror the beginning of the film, (laughs) if you remember. Yes. Yeah, so it all comes full circle. And chalk, I I should have looked this up. Aren't chalk lines like... We found this person here. We don't know how he got here. We better keep a record. It's not like just for any person that dies or I don't know. I don't know what chocolate outlines are for. Actually, uh, uh, maybe the maybe the photography, the technology was not as advanced as it is today. So if something didn't turn out in the photos, they would have the chalk outline so they'd know how the body was positioned. Yeah. Perhaps like actually, a, perhaps like a film got overexposed, or that may be why they. That's just a total guess off the top of my head, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to do it for next week. I'm going to look up what, because I don't know what purpose that serves. It's like, it's for after they take the body away, I guess, mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah, anyway. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so that's that. That's the end of it. That's the end of that. The boy's next door. <laughs> you seem to not like, not like this movie, John. No, it was, no, no. It's, but my theory it was, was. It was no trog. That's all I'm going to say. No. It was no trog. That's what I'm saying. Trog had nothing, but this might have been ruined in editing. And I, I thought to myself, I was just trying to think, is there something more to this movie? Was Roy like totally, was he jealous of the world that everybody else could have feelings? Was he, you know, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with his own gay feelings that he was afraid of? Uh, he, he was the one that drove the movie because Charlie Sheen was not at his acting best. No, he, he, so he did he a was, good job of yeah. being the... The sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so, sure, I'm sure, I don't know what the intention of the screenwriters were. Maybe they had envisioned a, this socio. Being that Caulfield is this English actor, that's why I'm thinking he, I've, if you'd asked him, I bet you he created a whole story for that character. Charlie Sheen was just like, whatever. Yeah. My dad's <laughs> that's famous. That's how I got this job. Yeah. Yeah, true, no, I'm true, sure. True. No, I'm sure there was, and you know, again, there was no budget for it. Um, no, the gay scene. You know, I'm sure. I was reading that uh, they had to make ten additional edits to the film just to give it an R rating. Oh yes, I was reading. It was very like violent. The, the, some of the yeah, like the 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 yeah, it was really really violent. Um, I don't know what how they would have gone today, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it was a movie that had potential. It was a movie that I don't know, in the and I I'm not really blaming it on anyone. It's just, you know, when you have that small of a budget and maybe the the bit with the the gay scenes, maybe that scared some people off, you know, that's probably scared some investors off. And I don't know. I don't know. It could have been a, it could have been a, fa- a really fantastic movie. It could have, it could have. Uh, it just didn't know where it wanted to go. It started it off saying, where it wanted to go and, "Is uh, this I, where serial killers come from?" And, yeah, I think I think they spent all the money on the opening montage and <laughs> getting the rights from those people. Getting the rights from those people. Yeah, David Berkowitz made more money off this film than <laughs> Charlie Sheen did. Um, no, I don't. It wasn't. Of, yes, of course, it was a bad movie, but it, was. it, it wasn't. 
Yeah. I think I think it's a, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. It was the budget. It was the budget. If they, okay. if there had been more financial backing to it, I think it could have been. I think it could have been a great movie about teen angst and. And then again, with it being 1985, there are some things they, mm-hmm. that were taboo. Uh, you know. Earlier in this movie, The Boys Next Door, they did say, I wish there was a caveman day. You remember that? Yes. Where you, we could just go grab a woman. And I'm like, oh, well, you, you'd like to meet Trog. Maybe. But maybe Trog, yeah, maybe the gay theme, maybe, the, maybe in the original screenplay, maybe the gay theme was more extensive and the... The, uh, are you maybe, talking about Trog or are you talking about this movie? I'm talking about this movie. I'm talking about The Boys okay, Next okay. Door. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe there was a little bit more. Maybe it was more explaining the homosexual feelings of one of the boys. And, hmm. the you know, the studio said, oh, no, no, we can't do that. But you can, that keep, the scene, but you can keep the scene where the, where the gay man gets brutally right. beaten and shot to death. That's fine. But don't, go, totally exploring, don't go exploring any feelings. No. <laughs> no feelings. Not like they have in math books in Florida. No we'll have to find who's it, James Wong, <laughs> and uh, who's the guy that wrote for the X Files? Uh, you're gonna make me scroll up. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Glenn Morgan. Glenn, Glenn Morgan. Morgan. Maybe we could ask. Maybe we'll meet them one day. We maybe they could come they on the show. We could talk about the boys yeah. next door. If they have a good microphone, they can come on the if show. They have a good microphone. Obviously, Paul Williams does not have one because he has not called yet to be on the show. He we has gave not that offer. No, what's up with that, Paul Williams? <laughs> We will send you a microphone. Yes. Because we know you have none of that technology. We get none of that equipment in your in your home after a what what is it, about a sixty year career now, would you say Paul Williams is that? Yes. He does not own a microphone. He buys one every morning and throws it away at four o'clock. He throws it away. He never <laughs> never keeps it. It's like that. It's like a phobia. He's a germaphobe. Oh, I can't have that. My right. saliva has gotten on this microphone all day. Throw it out. <laughs> but yeah okay that's the end of that that's the end of that can we afford the study bimco uh orchestra to give us another musical interlude i think we can yes I, okay. I do believe we can or if not we can just use some previously recorded material okay mm-hmm. yay <laughs> oh wait no we need to play the quiz music the quiz, oh, the quiz that's music. right because you know what it's time for it to Quiz time. Quiz time. I'll call it the Bim Cool. Seti Q and A. Brain quiz. Answering quizzes. Theme song. Do you like quizzes, John? I do love quizzes. I'll call it Seti Q and A. Brain twist. The Bim Cool. I love quizzes. The Bim Cool. I'll call it theme song. You ready, John? I'm ready, Tim. Did you bring a quiz? No, I thought we were just going to use your standard quiz. Okay, okay. I just wondered. Mm-hmm. So, this quiz I do is totally. Uh, Totally, uh, there's no right or wrong answer. So, out of all the characters in this movie, who do you think would purposely fart in a crowded elevator? Charlie Sheen. Not the character he played, just Charlie Sheen. Just Charlie Sheen. Yes, you're right. Charlie Sheen probably would do that. (laughs) It wasn't in the script, but, you know, Charlie just let one rip. That's why that lady locked herself in the closet in his hotel room. That's true. She couldn't stand the smell of Don't get near Charlie I, after he's had a bean burrito. I was thinking our main two characters would do that, but then I was thinking that farting in an elevator would be too complex a gag for those two. And thus, thus I say Boner the dog would probably do it on purpose because Boner <laughs> the dog was angry that he'd been kidnapped. Now, I don't think they, they fed him. No, I don't remember them unless they were feeding him gum. Uh, then there is like, you know, the, but of course, if the, if the, if the roles are reversed and they were in an elevator with somebody who farted, they would beat them savagely to death and then shoot them right for, for, for farting in the elevator. <laughs> All right. I give us both two points. There you go. Let me write it down. Okay. Number guess question number two. Who from this movie would most likely start a podcast? I can't remember the character's name, but it's the kid who hosted the party out of his pool talking about the dye his dad put in the... <laughs> You're right. And, I think he was the owner of the house. And yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, that was his parents' house. And his podcast would be about pool etiquette. <laughs> True. He was a kid that came out and was like, okay, 
you two are here. Let's all have a nice time. Oh, I thought you said he was a kid who came out because I was thinking, yeah, actually, he probably oh, is, a kid, he he is a kid out. who came out, you know, by the 10 year high school reunion. <laughs> like, oh, guess what? I'm gay. And they're like, no, really? What a shocker. <laughs> like, you ever, I don't know, maybe you've never, but no, people come in and they're like, they're like, John, sit down. I need to talk to you. And it's like, I'm gay. And you don't want to blurt out, well, no shit, Sherlock, but you're like, really? <laughs> It's okay. It's all right. You're going to be fine. That's why the... Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get about 50-50. Some, some people are, that, like, shocked. And then the other 50% I, were like, oh, come on, we knew that. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. You derailed me. Uh, next question. <laughs> next question. Oh, no. Well, well I was going to say. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. Yes, the person right. that was going to start a podcast, sadly, was Chris, the gay man that they killed because he had a computer. Okay. He was obviously he was, he, a, a future Steve Jobs. In, 19, in the early 80s, two people knew there was going to be this thing called a podcast. One person mm-hmm. was Tim Hamilton. Yes. The other person was Chris <laughs> from was Chris. The Voice Next Door. Actually, he was my second choice. I was kind of mulling. I was thinking about Chris for a while, but then he just met such a tragic end, you know. I was like, well. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Do you want to bring that up? Yeah. So it kind of takes him out of the run. You know, when you're dead, it kind of takes you out of the running for. It does. Although I'm sure some weeks you accuse me, but that's another story anyway. <laughs> okay. Number three, which character or characters would likely have a TV sitcom? Roy. Roy. And his catchphrase. Well, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> you know how every good sitcom character has a catchphrase, like, you know, whether it be Dino Mutt or mm-hmm. Did I do that? Yes. What was his? What was his catchphrase that? would be, I'm going to brutally murder you all. <laughs> good one. And the studio audience <laughs> would just laugh and laugh. And then at the end of the. And then at the end of every episode, the guest star would be <laughs> brutally murdered. And then people would accuse him of ripping off Maud. What? Yes, and Norman Lear would say, it's like, this is too much like Maud. All the guest stars <laughs> being brutally like murdered. I did that back <laughs> in the 70s. <laughs> so what, what's your answer for the question, Tim? Oh, the mall security team. Come on. Oh, there you go. <laughs> sort of like, sorry. Sort of like I'm modern, sorry to pick on security. A modern day Keystone Cops. Because <laughs> that woman was starting to beat them for a minute. I'm like, yes. Uh, but they, they still got the best of her somehow. After she beat them in the head with a, her, her wooden mm. stick. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't think any of them had lines, did they? The police had lines, but mall security, no. 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 They might have been real security to save money. I think. I, again, they needed that extra fifty thousand Canadian. <laughs> if if they they could have had a longer run through the mall, gone by the Spencer Gifts and the Orange Julius, yeah. and some of the mall security could have had speaking parts. All right. And number four: Which character would win in a fight with Maud Finley? Nobody would win in a fight with Maud <laughs> Finley. Yes. That's always the answer. I we may find someone someday. So I was going to say one day, one day Wait, there will be. You already, you already kind of brought this up that 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 uh, Roy ripped off her bit. So she mm-hmm. she would probably go murder him for. Yeah, well she she would know. She'd be like, oh, amateur. I was I was doing this in 1974. <laughs> true, true, true. All right, John. All right, I guess Tim. we're done. I guess we'll do we are sign done. off. All right, Tim. Will you you can you can send us some emails about what, uh, how much more you want. Do you want a mod episode, a whole episode about mod? Email and we tell could, us. We could dedicate a whole episode to mod. We can get the SETI Bimco players in here and recreate mm-hmm. a lost episode of mod. We'll do it again. Mm-hmm. We did it once. We did it once. We can do a whole. Don't make us do it again. We can do no. We can do a half hour. We can do a half hour of a mod. Mm-hmm. But email us at setibimco with an e at the end at gmail dot com. And I guess for now we're on Twitter mm. at, at at what is it at bim. At I'm SETI bim. To write this at, down. At SETI bim. 
Yeah. And uh, Instagram, SETI underscore BIMCO. You know, I still don't have an Instagram account. I need to get on Instagram. <laughs> you don't have it yet? I, I've never had it. Isn't that, isn't that pictures? <laughs> isn't, that pictures. Fo- isn't that photos? Is that what Instagram is? Are you still using MySpace? I'm still using MySpace. I'm, wi- probably- I'm still using MySpace, and I'm hoping that 2022 is the year my pager goes <laughs> off again. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you next week with uh, either a movie or a guest. Yes. Either or we'll have a wonderful time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Seti Benko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line.